to another exciting episode of Dom Day Tales. It's our 27th episode, and boy, is it going to be a blockbuster. I'm your host, Justin, and as always, I'm with our esteemed co-hosts, the lords of the lecture, the directors of the diatribe, Cote, Donnie, and Babe. Well, sort of. Babe's not here yet, but he's going to join us halfway through. Same with his son, Dizzy Patterson, who's supposed to be here recording the podcast, so if this doesn't work, blame him. Uh, We're going to hop right into it tonight, guys. We have a record-setting five guests calling in. They've won a combined two Dom Day championships, two Rookie of the Year, and two Fan of the Year awards. Pull up a chair. They're here to spill the Galliagra gossip. Please welcome to the show, Paul Shep, Tish, Amanda, Brett, and the Mad Dog Matt Shepard. It's the Shepard family. Wow. <laughs> Good to see the Sheps. Good to see yeah. the Sheps. Hey guys, I haven't seen you guys in ages. I know. Uh, not too long. God. Years. Ridiculous. Awesome, guys. We're going to hop right into it. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are listening uh, today who'd like to know how, how you're doing, Shep. Why don't you start by giving us a, a quick update on how you're doing? Well, the, the lungs healed so I can breathe again. Uh, I came out of intensive care okay. Uh, ribs are still a little sore, but like I was telling Cote, it, it's similar to waking up on a Sunday morning after a Saturday rugby game. Ribs are sore, back's a little sore, but getting better every day. So I'll be good. A couple of weeks, and I'll be good. Jeff, awesome. what actually what actually happened? Like uh, like how did the uh, did you run into another player? What what actually took place? Uh, I I was I was at a, I was playing defense, which right off the bat I don't play defense. So a guy who was coming down, I was in front of the net. I went to poke check him, and my defense partner actually hit him. He hit me, and swiped my feet out from underneath me. So I landed. My hands went up, and I landed right on my back. And the doctor at the hospital said, I just happened to land on the one spot where I could do the most damage. So I broke four ribs in 11 spots and punctured my lung. And then in the ambulance, uh, the paramedic had to stick a needle in my lung. So he punctured it again. (laughs) And uh, my ambulance got a flat tire on the way to the hospital. Oh, my God. (laughs) Jesus. Well, they had to bring another ambulance. Take me out, put me into another ambulance, take me to the hospital. And then and were you were you in union like uh, out in your area, like Ajax, and then and then yeah. they had to take you downtown Toronto? Well, well to, to, to tie into that, uh, I I came home, my mom called me, picked her up, and drove her to Sunnybrook where they were taking them. And we passed by this ambulance that's got a flat tire. And here I am, I'm trying to calm mom down. But in my head, so I don't say this out loud, but in my head, I'm like, oh, flat tire. That's what dad's got. When <laughs> <laughs> we find out later, it's his ambulance. <laughs> did, you guys, did you guys win the game? Yeah, that's it, was, the it, was, it was three minutes in. Oh, okay. <laughs> I you got your money know. back, Shep. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the best part. I had a chest tube put in so they could inflate the lung. A week into my stay at the hospital, they take the chest tube out and the lung collapses again. So I, I, I go unconscious. Oh my God. 15 minutes later, they stick another chest tube in my, up here and wake me back up. And then I got to stay in the hospital for another eight days, nine days. So you, are you like a chest model now? Oh yeah. (laughs) And uh, we're supposed to be in Aruba right now. Uh, Tish and I for January, February, March. I can't fly for 90 days. I'd be gone, Tish. 
I could have met you there, Bob. Just saying. That'd be good, Amanda. It'd be a little warmer than the tune. Just a bit. What we did for we paid for our stay at the Chateau Sunnybrook. <laughs> Three meals a day. The parking alone there is about the same as your trip, right, Tish? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a little bit. It's all right. All good. So uh, that's good. Glad you're in one piece, Chef. Yeah, that's good stuff. Everybody else, everybody else doing well. We're going to hop right into it, guys. Um, so it's good to have you guys on. I think this is the biggest episode we've ever had uh, with with five guests. So we're going to try and get through a, a lot of stuff today. Um, we're going to start with you, Tish. Uh, you were the first person in the Shep family uh, to show up at Case Field. Um, you mentioned it was about 1985, 1986. Tell me a bit about some of your first memories uh, of, of Dom Day and Casefield. Yeah, I think it was around then. I, I can't completely remember. I just remember it was probably after high school because high school I had summer job at Center Island. So I was probably working the long weekend. Um, and uh, to be honest with you, like the memory isn't like crystal clear going back to thinking about like, wow, this was a great experience. It was T was probably already going. So I went to kind of be with her. And uh, when I when I got there, it's only in thinking back to it after being there now that I that I actually recall the memory of it that you know, it was just a bunch of people in like just rickety old lawn chairs. There were no fancy chairs, no big tents, right? The, the crowd wasn't as big, but it was still a, a decent enough crowd. Um, and, and then I was also thinking about like most of the people there playing probably would have been between probably 20 and 30 years of age. Like, I don't know, like how old would the oldest person have been in 1980, whatever? Like who, how old would they have been? What do you think, Donnie? The old, the oldest part? Yeah, in oh, 1985 would have been. Well, in 80, in 85. I'm making you do math here. So. Yeah, I know. Uh, the, 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 in 85, the core group of the players would have been like in the 25 to yeah. 20, 27, 28. But the oldest were probably in there in 33, maybe yeah, 33, so, 30, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of my recollection. Text, back. yeah that most of them were between 20 and 30. And now you got somewhere between 18 and 70. That's, that's there, right? So I don't think like, I didn't appreciate the, the magnitude of the tournament, except when I'm looking back at it now. So when I'm looking back at the memory, it's way better now than it was in 85 or 86, right? You're, what you're saying is it didn't really mean shit to you in 85. <laughs> somehow, somehow you ended up with a feel because yeah. of Teresa, because of Teresa, probably you're like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> Let's give Jimmy some credit. Yeah, I was there, Jimmy. Was yeah. And there were no kids, no strollers, nothing. And then it yeah. wasn't like 90s. All of a sudden, it was like baby city, right? So yeah, that's that's pretty well I, my I think my recollection. Like my dad was there, and Mr. And Mrs. P would have been there, but um, that's kind of my recollection there. Good, good stuff. And then 94, Shep comes along uh into into the dom day tournament and he wins rookie of the year um so shep had you been by dom day prior to your your first year or was 94 your first experience and and bat and ban a bat in hand for the, your first go around no i i a lot of the time i missed a lot of them like tish and i started dating in 84 but i missed a lot because i was still playing rugby uh but i had been to a couple of two or three dom days so i knew Sunday. what was going on uh but not being a baseball player, uh, I we noticed a little leery. Like Tish kept saying, "Oh, you should join. You should join." I said, "Well, 
I'm going to look stupid. I, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And finally, she convinced me, 94, I better, I better play. And I got to admit that um, it's, it's a blast. Like, I, I can't describe how much fun you guys make it. But probably the only reason I won, two reasons why I won Rookie of the Year that year, is I think I was the only rookie. And number two was Nick Wolf. I was on Nick's team and playing in the field. And Nick knew every batter down packed. So Nick would say to me, okay, stand right there. And the guy would hit a fly ball and I'd catch it. Next batter up, Nick would say, okay, move over there. The guy would hit a fly ball and I'd catch it. So I got to attribute that a lot to Nick because of his uh, ability to read every batter that ever came up. I'll go to his fucking head. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think we got to edit that one out there, uh, guys. Get, get rid of the Wolfie comment. Oh, <laughs> well, you, you beat out Dicker for the rookie, so you must have been so, done something good. Because yep. usually, usually we just give it to Dicker. <laughs> so, But you were the only rookie that year? I, I have no idea, I'm guessing. Yeah. I think there were probably three of us. Okay, okay. yeah. The, the funny thing is that... Uh, after I won it, somebody made a comment that I was fast. And when I play rugby, they put me in a position as hooker because I'm so slow. <laughs> <laughs> it's dawn day speed. Yeah. 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 I, I was going to say when you said you were a little intimidated because you'd never played baseball and then finally Tish convinced you, I'm sure she just threw on a couple tapes of, of guys like, you know, Steve Ann and my dad and that catching balls and <laughs> didn't take much convincing after that, I guess uh, that he could fit in. So, so okay. w- would you have come out to a rookie day that year, Shep, or would you just like, who brought you in? Who was your sponsor? Cause that's what we, the way we used to do it. Somebody used to say, okay, well, I want to, I want to bring this guy in. I think it was Nick. Cause I, yeah. uh, is maybe he owes a two, four still Donnie. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, <laughs> it had to be Nick or Jimmy because those were the only two guys I knew. Yeah, I didn't know anything. That was it. That was the only two guys that you knew. Yeah, yeah. like it, it was. This was all new to me, and you know, you guys were pretty tight, and, and you know, everybody in high school has a clique. Uh, unfortunately, you know, my clique always involved drugs or uh, <laughs> violence growing up at Scarborough, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, you guys are unique. Uh, I don't know any other group of guys that has what you guys have and has now expanded into your offspring who dominated them as their whole life. Like, I, I don't know if you guys understand it. This just doesn't exist anywhere else. Uh, it doesn't awesome. say much about us, though, when you say Dom days our whole life. <laughs> no, no, just kids. kids, not you guys. Yeah. Yeah. What you guys have created is our lives. <laughs> That's yeah. good. That's good. No, that's awesome stuff. And then you guys said, obviously, you talk about the offspring coming along. Um, and I'm sure for you guys, we talked about it with some of the others, like when we had the film and sisters on about that change. I mean, Tish, for for you, what's what are you looking back? What's the difference between Dom Day pre kids and Dom Day post kids? Like definitely a, a big change in terms of the what that tournament means to you, especially as a mom of, of you know, having somebody who has two children who are now involved in the tournament pretty heavily. Yeah. Um, well, initially it was actually hard because you got the kids and, you know, Paul's playing and, and the kids are in strollers and, you know, running around. You have to watch them. But with mom and dad living so close, we used to drop them off with them over on Clearbrook and then the kids would come up with my dad. Right. Um, but no, it means a lot because like like Paul was saying, this tournament is something that 
doesn't exist like this group of people doesn't exist like this anywhere else so when Matthew started playing it was a it was big for me because I thought wow he this is like now the whole family's involved Amanda's always been sitting there watching and and you know committed to that and then then Amanda brings bread in and I it's like holy cow full circle now like this is just it's incredible. So I, I love that they got involved in it. Yeah, I was much more, nothing against all you guys, but I was much more invested in it once they all got in. <laughs> so when you're, when you first came to Dom Day then, uh, or when Shep first came, uh, Gunny would have already been born, right? Like, yeah, he would have been three. Three, yeah. three, yeah. Okay. So, so he was in a stroller uh, yeah. at that point or whatever. And we were probably feeding him a couple of sips here and there. Yeah, yeah just, uh, butter, butter on the ice cream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so before before we get into and and we are gonna you know talk about some of the debauchery and the drinking and all that sort of stuff. But maybe Amanda, starting with you, like, what are some of your childhood memories of of Casefield and and Dom Day? Obviously, liked it enough to continue to come back and and bring your significant other into the tournament. But what 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 do you remember most about growing up at Casefield? Well, we were talking about this this week and my first memories of Dom Day aren't like there's not necessarily anything specific about the tournament, but just being there with my grampy and being able to see all my cousins. It was sort of like a little reunion every year, get to see all my cousins that I don't necessarily see all the time and spend time with grandma and grampy. And I just remember they used to drop us off at my grandparents around the corner. And every year without fail, my grandma would give us all fudgesicles and my tongue always got stuck to those damn fudgesicles because they were so cold. (laughs) But that it just was something that we looked forward to every year because of that sense of community, that sense of family, getting to see everyone, getting to see people that we don't necessarily talk to all year and then as like flowing along as if no time had passed and just clicking with everyone every year that was so cool for me oh that's awesome stuff and I think when we had uh your cousins on we had uh Nicole and Kelsey on previously we talked about you know and and as somebody who's an offspring one of my kind of look back memories of of Dom Day is just kind of pre-booze and, and post-booze. Um, I don't know if you kind of have Dom Day divided into that way as well, like just obviously how the tournament changes once you started to drink, but is that something that you have as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Pre-booze, it was that innocence. We're walking around selling squares. We're cleaning up beer bottles. We're helping out at the barbecue. We're maybe trying to sneak into the blender party, but not quite understanding what's in those cups. And then post-booze, it's people getting so drunk they don't make it to the party and you know going to all the evening events so remos and bowling and then the party and how there's a whole nother side to dom day that's so much fun and that's very different than what we knew before the booze (laughs) i was gonna say i i i would ask matt the same question but i don't think there was a pre-booze for for matt he just got right into it at age three in the stroller right yeah yeah yeah, compliment the pink i think yeah (laughs) so matt what about you some of your earliest memories of dom day you know most of them are 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 vague uh like amanda tournament side but just 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 the environment is some of the best stuff and um just just watching the guys chirp all day 
is the is is one of the best things ever because these guys these guys grew up together their entire lives and they know each other so well and they know what pushes buttons and it's just awesome to sit on the sidelines and just be a fly on the wall and, and hear these guys say the worst things about each other ever and uh and and yeah and then and then, and then going to the parties afterwards and and seeing the work these guys put into the to the tournament i mean i mean especially after we started playing it that's that was what 30 some odd years into you guys doing this and then and then yeah getting to these getting these parties afterwards going to the 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 events and 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 the the final dom day parties when these guys get up there and they talk and 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 i mean you guys all have a way with your words and we're all mesmerized by them and you guys are all fucking hilarious so that helps a little bit um keep keep it coming yep (laughs) (laughs) and that those are those are my best memories of it because because that's that's what keeps me coming back is because it's so much you guys make it so much fun donnie and cote and 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 feuds and babe and all the guys that that and and maybe uh, uh, Sammy singing uh, uh, wasn't me, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I get when you guys get up there at that last party is 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 the biggest thing mm-hmm. I think that I remember every single year because there's there you get emotional sometimes you know but you draw us right into it and we're it's like we're living in your in your head you know in all your memories you you, you bring us right there and then you're such good speakers and you're fucking hilarious and. What was it? The food, fucking food. Oh yeah. I I didn't know that was a thing until the first time I heard it, and I was like, "He just came up with that. This, this thing's amazing." <laughs> he did at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Things that go on through Donnie's head, we're still trying to figure out, but uh, they all come out gold. So yeah. so Matt, you end up joining the tournament in two thousand and nine. You win Rookie of the Year, following in your dad's footsteps. Um, surely you weren't the only rookie that year. You had to beat one or two guys out to win the award, right? Yeah, it was a it was a tight one. It was a big year. Yeah, there were lots of rookies that year. Really? Yeah. Who was it? Who uh, else was in that rookie and they class? They were great rookies. What, you you would have probably beat a Woods for sure. Guys, you know you know those numbers. Who who was there? I, I don't know. Oh, oh, nine. Okay, oh, nine. There was a I lot. Of, there was a lot of rookies that year. It was like Ellis? the filming boys in that, like like Bobby and Mac in that. Yep. I think Ellis wasn't they. Uh, wasn't there a Woods? There was a Woods, I think. There's what Charlie Collins. You know, you know what I think made made it happen was uh, uh, I'm Babe. back. Uh, yeah, Babe's backing me up in the field. There's a there's a pot fly and it's and it's it's hammered, and I'm back stepping, back stepping, and Babe's in Babe's in middle center, and he's going. You got room. You got room. You got room. And I'm backing up and I jumped for the ball and I didn't have room. <laughs> yeah, I got the ball and I flipped right over that fence. Yeah. You almost, punctured, was- a, you almost punctured a limb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you would have been a Hotel 19 with your first year, uh, Matt? Or who do you have played oh, for? Alarmers. 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 And what year was that? 2009? 2009, yeah. At what age? At what age? So I would have been uh, 18. 18. Yeah. All right. So, All right. so 19, 1991. Yeah. yeah. Conception. <laughs> conception. There must have been a lot of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Going on then. 
That yeah. was yeah, a that big, was, big year. That was, was a big say, year. That's probably a lot, of, a lot of home runs that yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where was the, where was the party that year? That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. That's uh, good stuff. So, so uh, obviously, your dad won uh, one rookie of the year. I mean, Shep, reflect on that. What's that like to see all these years later? I mean, when you join this tournament, not really knowing anybody. And then a number of years later, your your son's a part of it, and he he follows in your footsteps and win, win the rookie of the year. That's got to be cool. No, it was amazing. And and to be honest, like, I can't remember uh, like the exact guys, but I know there was a lot of good talent that year. And and uh, Donnie, you were doing the announcing, and and you said, oh, you know, we looked at this guy, but he didn't win. And then we looked at this guy, and he didn't. And I'm thinking, well, they haven't mentioned Matthew yet. And then. Uh, you handed it off to Fuda, and Fuda called Matthew's name, and I. It, it was, it made me feel so proud because it, you know, it, it was a tough year, and like I said, I can't remember the exact names, but there were a lot of young, good players there. Um, I think it, I think it had to be, like Matthew at the plate was as good as the other guys, but it was that catch when he fell backwards over the, over the fence. It seems like you got to do something a little exciting, yeah, in order to uh, get there, the gods. Yeah, and that yeah. five that you slipped to Donnie. Eh? Yeah, I, I was going to say, and something exciting off the field. Was there anything <laughs> that anything that happened <laughs> off the field? Because that usually goes a long I way I too. That up as my my good year, right? Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll talk about the years since Matt. I mean, uh, soon we we'll, we'll get there. But it, it's great you won Rookie of the Year. Um, and then as well, so after Matt comes in, the, the fifth member, Brett, joins uh, joins Dom Day. Uh, Dom Day, I want to say 41, um, he, he joins. Um, tell, us, tell us, Amanda, first about what it's like to bring in a significant other into, into Dom Day. Well, it's, I'm sure for the significant other, it's a bit intimidating because we've developed this amazing tournament over the years and so many people come and it's grown and it means so much to us and for outsiders they don't really get it until they're there and then they understand so for Brett I mean it took me a really long time to find a ringer guys and finally I found one so I had to marry him so he could come and play Dom Day (laughs) you met at a a baseball game too right (laughs) yeah in Cuba (laughs) Yeah, was he playing so, for the Cuban national team? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he hit a home run and I caught the ball. <laughs> no, it was it was really great being able to bring him in and and then for him to come in in his first year and Nick picks him and then they end up winning the championship. That was there was a lot of pride there. I was pretty excited. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, you so, were the best. You were the best ringer. No one knew. No one knew about you, right? So you. What a what a scam! What a freaking scam! Nikki knew. Nikki knew. Remember the final out? That rocket that they smashed at you. I think Nick that was actually a- called me. I think like the day before the draft and said, "Okay, so tell me straight. Like, can he play?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, Nick. Trust me, you won't be disappointed." But like seriously, Amanda, you know me. Can he play? And I was like, Nick. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> so I actually have, you know, every year when we have, you know, rookies and that we ask for kind of 
a couple words on on the rookie and and we we reached out to Nick for a bit of a scouting report on Brett and I actually do have the scouting report that we sent to the coaches that year on Brett Pizio we actually had him ranked number two behind Evan Flanagan and it says played junior uh, junior hockey had a tryout with the Rough Riders in CFL so he's an okay athlete should be able to hit for power and able to play the outfield with ease athletic third round he's not a third round player (laughs) (laughs) yeah he was definitely right about or not right about the outfield though (laughs) where'd you where'd you end up playing uh that year brett were you an outfielder second i started yeah and i missed i think three uh pretty simple (laughs) pop-ups and got moved to second base he's an infield guy for sure <laughs> what was it like playing for for Nicky Wolf your first time? Obviously, you probably would have met him through the family before, but you know, uh, a different set once you're you're getting coached by Nick. He uh, he was pretty hungry. <laughs> he took it pretty seriously. I was like, oh, I'm gonna come here, drink a few beers, play some slow pitch, and then met Nick that morning or that day, and it was like, oh, okay, what did I get myself into? <laughs> He's taking this way too seriously. <laughs> Well, well good. Uh, that's good stuff. And and like, what are some of your first kind of memories of Dom Day? Like, what's it like to show up and, and you know, your first year playing Dom Day, not really, you know, knowing a lot of people, what's that like? Well, uh, it was, there was a lot of pressure. Amanda hyped it up pretty good and you kind of slough it off until you get there and see uh, the crowd and everybody sitting around and, and then you miss three uh, pop flies and the pressure's definitely on. So yeah, it was good. <laughs> It was really good. It was so, exciting to play. So you did not win Rookie of the Year, uh, which is is probably one of the biggest travesties ever. Uh, I w- <laughs> send them back to Saskatchewan. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, missed he missed it by a smidge. Just yes, like, exactly. Oh. He, he lost a smidge and by one vote. And uh, I believe that one vote might have been Nick who didn't vote for you because he wanted to keep you hungry because uh, you guys had the championship right after that. So I, I, I think if you have any questions why you didn't win Rookie of the Year, maybe talk to Uncle Nicky on that one. But no, it's good to have you. I guess, obviously, Amanda and Brett, we're going to see you guys hopefully at the next Dom Day when we're all good and ready to go back to the field. You betcha. We'll be there. I guess it depends if Nick's paying for the flights or not. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he doesn't have a team, so no longer has a vested interest in you. No. <laughs> he might he might not call you if you're on the other team. You know that, right? <laughs> but, uh, oh, that's good stuff. So we're going to talk a bit about, guys, kind of just obviously the Galliagra clan. Um, Donnie, why don't you jump in? Because I know, obviously, you and, and Chuck were, were good friends. And, and, you know, the Gallagher's uh, have a special spot for you. So why don't you just kind of prep us off about kind of the Gallagher influence on, on Dom Day? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's huge. You know, Chuck and I were, were uh, I mean, we spent a couple summers and winters together. Uh, uh, you know, I can't even recall how we met. You know, I think it was just that lacrosse or something through Case. And uh, we met and uh, Chuck uh, was in on everything. I mean, he just jumped right in and he followed us around with lacrosse and uh, and hockey. And, you know, him and I would go to go to junior games and watch Babe play and uh, Dicker and uh, and all those things. And we just we just had a ball. And then should have even got to the point where when I went to Hopkins, Chuck came down, Chuck moved, came down with me and moved me in, you know, to my apartment and he stayed for a couple of weeks. 
<laughs> and then I drove them home, you know? And so, and then I remember first going over to, to, to the house and meeting the family and it was like overwhelming, you know? So, I mean, it was just like, oh my God. And I'm like, Chuck, you're the only guy here. And he's like, yep, I'm the only guy here. So, you know, I met all the girls and, and didn't really have heck of a lot of contact with them other than they, they probably got tired of seeing me step in and, you know, and, and grab Chuck and whatever. And off we went. Uh, but, uh, and then, uh, you know, um, uh, the parents were just unbelievable, you know, just, uh, welcome, welcome me, uh, right away. And George and I developed a good relationship right off the bat. And we, you know, George was like a lot of us in that, you know, he, he liked to throw the jabs too, you know? And so the fact that we did that, I think he liked that. Right. And so we, you know, we got to the point where we would feel very comfortable throwing a jab at, at him and knowing that he was going to come right back and, and jab you, you know? And so he was like, he was almost like one of the guys, you know, and, and, and uh, Mrs. G was, was the same, you know, more on the quieter side uh, from our perspective, but uh, you know, they're always there. I mean, they were always just there and they loved, loved Dom day and, uh, just uh, had a tremendous influence on, on all of us. And um, so we, I can always remember them just how much they loved it and how much they looked forward to coming out. And, you know, I, I think George was probably there from sunrise to sunset, you know, every day uh, and, uh, and giving it to all the guys. And, and uh, you know, I remember when, when Nick, when Nick came along, you know, <laughs> You know, we, we gave it to him pretty good. I mean, we wrote him hard and George got in right in with us and we were like laying, <laughs> laying on him, you know, and he was such a good player and everything. But we just gave it to him like heavy duty. And George, you know, he's good. Always had that little smile on his face and all. So we, we, we just thought the world of them and the, and the whole family. So we were, we were very lucky to, to, to hook up uh, with the Galliagras, you know, and then, one night, you know, um, Case and I were doing our thing. I think in that in that room we talked about where he had all those signatures on the walls and everything. He had pulled his guitar out one night and we started making up these songs. And then all of a sudden just popped into our head was, you know, it's just another one of Galliagra's girls. Sashaying out into Galliagra's world. It's just another one of Galliagra's ladies, Galliagra's babies. And we went on and made up this song and everything. Right? And uh, from then on, from then on, they they became uh, Galliagra's girls, you know, and the, and he named his team that. And uh, you know, I think you know, I think we all knew that a couple of them could have played in the tournament and probably been better than us, you know. Um, so, you know, we respected them all from a baseball perspective as well. Um, but great family, good people, and uh, again, we we we've we've been extremely lucky to to hook up with all of them. It's been great. So. No, that's good stuff. So I know, I know Tish, you, you mentioned, obviously growing up with, with Chuck, what was that like? Uh, you know, as you, you mentioned him as your guys full, full-time athletic coach. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I, I think Jim sometimes gets a, a bad rap. Sometimes I know when uh, Dom day came along, he played for a bit and I was actually surprised when we were talking to him, trying to figure out when he stopped playing, he stopped playing pretty young. I think after his first pregnancy, he sort of stopped <laughs> and, uh, he just, uh, so at home as a brother though, he was awesome. He, he completely uh, developed us as athletes all the time. So he'd take us out back and we'd be, you know, 
doing running bases and he's trying to teach us how to run, like run a player down, but also be the player in the middle and get to the bases. And, and how many times in our baseball career actually playing up at Case Field, because that's where we played a lot of our games when I played in Rexdale, we were in that position where either Helen's at shortstop trying to run someone down or else we're on the bases. And it's like, we slid into the bases and we're safe because of what Jimmy did with us. Right. And he, he, he put a nice drink in our backyard and he'd wake Helen and I up at like midnight. We were like eight years old, maybe <laughs> wakes up at midnight to come flood the rink. And we never, we never thought, Oh, leave us alone. Chuck, leave us alone. We were like so excited that he wanted us to help. Right. And it was, it was awesome. He, uh, I mean, you're talking about coming to the house and he's the only guy there. Well, he kind of took possession of the basement as his space so he could be away from us and, uh, and have his own space. And, but it's a funny space down there. He, it was wide open, but he, he put, he put uh, a sort of like a door in the middle of nowhere in the room. And if you came downstairs, you could slide through the stairs to, to where he was. If you came in and went through there, you go, no, 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 knock on the door knock on the door <laughs> crazy so but he drew a, a hockey net on the wall and he took those little red white and blue rubber balls and he'd be ripping them at us taking shots on us working on our reaction time like he so <laughs> honestly like it we loved every minute of it and uh you know my, he was charged sometimes with kind of watching Helen and I and I recall a time when he was watching us we were yeah probably around eight or nine I'm surprised we made it past 10 actually we, we were about eight or nine and he had us he wanted to go to the track, but he had to babysit us. So he gets the bike out, the one bike that he fished out, I think of the creek and painted because he wanted a bike. So he, he puts Helen on the handlebar, me on the seat, and he rides up to the track with us on it. But he says, you know, you can't, you can't uh, be seen by the cops on three people on a bike. So I'm going to yell, if I yell cops, you guys got to jump off the bike. So three or four times on the way to the track, he'd practice. He'd give us practice runs. He'd be riding along and he'd yell cops and we'd tear off. the bike. <laughs> we'd be doing like the big flop drop roll and we'd get up and we wouldn't think, stop doing it, Jimmy, stop calling. No, we were okay. how do we do Jim? Are we good? That was good. And then he'd do it again three times. And then we got close to the track and he'd stop. He stopped the bike and he dropped us off like at a Creek. And he said, okay, you guys wait here. He rode the rest of the way to the track put a few wagers on a few of the races, a triact or whatever, come back, swing by, pick us up at the Creek and then take us to the Beckers for a popsicle. And we thought he was just the best thing since sliced bread. Your <laughs> mother would have killed you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was going to say, if, I mean, Cote, I don't know what your thoughts are, but 26 episodes in the, the thing that the cops were most concerned with in Rexdale was three people on a bike. Everything else was kosher. Like what? But Tish is right though. Back in the day, right. You shit yourself. If you were, had two people on a bike or ride somebody on the handlebars, yeah. you're always scared crapless of that. Right. So, yeah. but I, I never heard that story. That's classic. As I say, Tish, I think your mother would have shot him if he had known you had left you guys in a Creek while he wouldn't <laughs> place pets. Yeah. But, but, and then we wouldn't think to rat on him or anything because we didn't think anything of the unusual about it. Was it what Jimmy wanted us to do? So we did it. Right. And like, he wasn't a big guy for confrontation, but if someone ever, you know, stepped up in between us, you know, he'd, he'd stand up for us still. Right. So I think that, and the biggest thing I'd say really was he introduced us to Don Day and like, here we are like in 2022 having a podcast here and, and the saying eat my shorts <laughs> oh, eat my shorts that was jimmy's saying that was his big comeback yeah so so yeah we we loved him as a brother i know like i said he gets a bad rap but he was he was awesome and i and i seriously say we are the athletes we are today because of what he did for us so <laughs> where did chuck come from donnie 
Did you guys give him that name? We did. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's just one of those <laughs> nicknames, like all the other nicknames in Dom Day. You know, it's just, you know, you just, you know, there's not a lot of reason Fish behind a lot of them. Jim, and we're like, who the Jimmy. fuck? Yeah, Jim. Jimmy. 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 Yeah. That's, that's like when Simon was calling Chevy Pat. It was like, who yeah. the heck's Pat? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so then obviously the, the Galliagra girls become a big part of, part of Dom Day and you guys, you know, four, four of you, three of you have won four fan of the year titles individually. Tish, you've won one individually, but um, the group of you won as a group in 1996 fan of the year. What was that like to win as, as a group? Yeah, that, that was a huge highlight for us. I mean, we were really, 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 we really felt great about the decision to do that. And I, and like my dad loved you guys, eh? And that, that was that year, you know, he, he had his, his cancer and then things went bad and we knew he wasn't going to be around for a long time. And he knew he wasn't. And, and I remember him saying to me, cause my kids that I taught, I was teaching and, you know, they had been written, let, writing letters to him and, you know, sending great messages of hope and how much they, you know, love him. And, and he said to me, you know, don't miss a day of school and don't miss Dom day. If I die, like, I'm not going to be getting any more dead. So he died on the Thursday and on the Friday was the last day of school. I went to school and, and on the Saturday, the Friday night was Dom day, right? So we went to Dom day. So we were there Fridays. I, I think he, God love him, but I think he sat on ice for a while there. Like he, we didn't bury him. I think until the fourth or fourth <laughs> or fifth, it was like, wait till Dom day's done. Right? It's fucking Dom day. <laughs> That's right. So like the funeral parlor's like, come on, this guy, we got to get other people in here. Right. But no, he said, nope. Don't. So we, we honored that for sure. And, and he loved you guys. I mean, when we were there at the hospital on the 26th, when we got called saying that this was it, some of you guys were there. Right. And like I said, he loved you guys. And, and I know you guys loved him, but as well, but he really loved you guys. He, he always said, you know, they're class act. They're, they're a class act group of guys. So when we won the award, it was, it was outstanding. It was awesome. And then, and then of course you guys changing the name of the award to the George Gallagher fan of the year award like he was like a sports fan like if there was a sports fan alive that's my dad right so it was amazing and it was it was weird because it was really a collision of you know that that weekend really a collision of like a lot of grief for us but also this beautiful community of people that we love spending time with that we feel great around so it was spectacular really spectacular and you guys I think were very intentional in that decision and that's because that's who you guys are right? You, you do things like that. So. Yeah. So Donnie, why don't you kind of talk about it from your perspective, obviously somebody who's always been involved in, you know, the, the picking of the awards and, and the naming of the awards, like what's your kind of reflection back on, on that? Well, I, I'm just thinking there when, when Tish was talking, like, like I, at the time when, uh, when George passed away, I was living in Buffalo and then I came up uh, and I drove right to the hospital you know, because, uh, I knew what was going on and, uh, it, uh, give me a sec. It gave us a great big room. It was so nice at the hospital. They, uh, cause there's so many of yeah. us and then it's like big family. And then who the hell are all these other people? Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so they actually gave us but, a big room to be with them. So, yeah, it was great. And, uh, you know, he, you know, uh, you know, he was, uh, he was pretty well done, you know, and, uh, but I, I went in there and, and, uh, you know, same thing. He was like, uh, 
I, I don't know, like who are you guys playing first or whatever, you know, like it just was Dom day. Right. And so, you know, that, so the whole weekend, you know, we, as, as Tisha said, it was a, is, you know, on one hand, you're, you're, you're mourning to, to us, who was one of the biggest figures in Dom day, not even a player, but one of the biggest figures. Right. And then on the other hand, we're, we're doing our thing. You know, and uh, and he wouldn't have wanted it any other way. And then we we talked uh, over the weekend, and uh, we said, you know, you know, it's got to be uh, the Gallagher family, and uh, for the fans of the year. And then we changed the name of the award, and uh, you know, it was a big, big moment, and I'll never forget on the field. It was good. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys all came out, and hugs and tears and beers, and you know, it was. <laughs> was awesome you know too bad we, too bad we didn't have have the cell phones and the videos and stuff that we that we have now you know because there would have been some great shots you know a good country song donnie yeah <laughs> hugs tears and beers. Beers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah but it just showed it just showed you how much he him and and uh, mrs g meant to the tournament it's you know and and there are others like that too. It's not just it's not just them, right? And like Tish just said, that's that's who we are. You know, it's 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 whoever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's cool. Yeah, uh, that's good stuff. So so Shep, obviously for you, we we talked with Nikki about this, but you know, looking back on you know your introduction to the Galliagher clan. Like, do you have any memories of like your first dinner with the Galliagras? Like, what's it like for you coming in, like fish out of water coming into a big family? Like, I, I know you got to be careful because Tish is listening, but what's that like coming to a big, big family the first time? Well, and what makes it even worse is that like I have a brother and a sister that's in my sister was she had she's older. She had moved out. So it's really my brother and I. So Tish and I meet at university and it's it's the two of us. We're. You know, we're doing whatever we want. And then I I thought at one point I thought, geez, she's got there's eight kids in his family. Boy, this guy's gotta be loaded. <laughs> and then I pull up to the house in uh in Rexdale and I thought, okay, maybe he's not loaded, but you know, maybe he's a good guy. And Donnie, like you said, as soon as I walked in, he treated me like a son. He, George was the greatest guy, friendliest guy you'd want to meet. Now I don't know if he, he drew to me because he was kind of getting a little tired about, you know, dealing with seven daughters. Probably. But yeah, but yeah he, he, he drew to me and, and just accepted me. Uh, you know, it was a little tricky dealing with all the sisters because they're, you know, they're all a little overprotective, but they're all great. And they all accepted me. And then it, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, the first dinner at the Gallagher house. Now you got to remember, this is back. I'm I'm 23 years old. I'm playing rugby at a pretty high level, and I'm consuming 6,000 calories a day, if not more, just to maintain my my body mass to play rugby. I we sat down at the table, and the way that uh, Marianne uh, dealt gave out the food was she just put it in bowls, and then you would take a little bit and pass it along. And I told her afterwards. I said, I could have taken every bowl and just dumped it on my plate and eaten everything that you fed your family of seven with. And then after I left the house to go back to my 
my parents' place where I was living, I'd go up Islington and right at the corner where Chubby's is, right where Chubby's is that, that guy at Mr. Sub knows me because I stopped <laughs> every day going home to get us to get a sub because I, I she couldn't get enough food in me. Didn't uh, Helen have to go on a food run like mid meal one? There, there was a they had a picnic in the backyard one time, <laughs> and this this was in the summer, so uh, they had a dozen corn or two dozen corn, but there there were about sixteen of us there, fourteen to sixteen of us there. So they had Not a couple even dozen a corn, corn a person. So they had and they had burgers and hot dogs and tomatoes and salads and that, and Tish was inside. Uh, doing some dishes and all of a sudden Helen came running in she said oh I got to go to the store and Tish said what for she said I got to get some corn Paul's eating it all so <laughs> I, I actually had a couple of burgers a couple of hot dogs and 13 cobs of corn <laughs> so George wish, yeah. George didn't know what to think and and Marianne just loved the fact that it didn't matter what she made I loved it and I would eat it. And as a chef, that's what you want is for people to love the food that you make. So she had an immediate love for me. <laughs> hey, chef, I'm sure the biggest challenge was trying to remember all the goddamn names hey, of the girls. Well, that actually that and as well, uh, any time that I would crash there, if, if I had stayed late and had a few pops. Which bed to go And, and I, did, I, I didn't want to drive. Uh, it would be Helen sneaking downstairs, pretending like she's Tish. To wake me up in the morning and jump in bed and little did she know that I was game. <laughs> uh, that's funny stuff. I love it. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, that's good stuff. So so Amanda then maybe for, for you, I mean obviously uh you know having to introduce Brett Brett to Dom Day is one thing. And then also the Galliagra clan is, is, is another thing. I remember, I think it might've been, been Candace who said, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, Kevin joining Dom Day and, and what would be intimidating. And somebody said, well, he knows uncle Cote after that, it's pretty easy. Right. Okay. So it's similar for you guys. Like once you get past the Galliagra clan, the rest of the group is, is pretty easy. Or there's, there's a few, uh, a few, a few guys who needed to be explained at Dom Day. So what's it, what's it like? Oh, if you can go into the Gallagher household and deal with the noise and the commotion and the hundred conversations going on all at once, then you can handle anything. That's funny stuff. And and what about uh, what about yourself? Like any specific memories? I guess kind of um, you talked about growing up at the field with with your grandfather and and that. But uh, any other memories just as as on the Gallagher clan for from you, Amanda? Oh my gosh. I remember we spent so much time at my grandparents' house growing up. We go to church on Sundays and go there for supper often weekly. And there's so many of us in that tiny little house, all squishing into that room to eat Christmas. It would be chaos because there are so many siblings and then so many grandkids and everyone's just running around everywhere, but it was, didn't matter how crowded we were, how loud it was. And honestly, if you go to a Gallagher party, everyone talks at the same time and everyone just talks louder than the person that they're talking to. It's, it's insane. It's hard to follow, but oh. we loved it. That's, that's what we know. How about, uh, 
when we were all over there and grandma had just made a fresh tub of juice and and Jeremy really wanted it but he was a little kid and it, she knew it was going to be too heavy for him so she said if you want any juice you let me know you don't go for it yourself and he says okay five minutes later he's in there going to try and pull that fresh thing of juice a jug of juice out of the fridge and he drops it all over the kitchen floor and we're sitting in the living room watching tv and there comes grandma running around with a spoon you son of a so so matt level with us i mean there's a lot of athletic people in your family but who's the best ball coach is it is it Teresa or, or who's the best ball coach in the family it has to be mom 100%. yeah yeah that's who that's how you got rookie of the year yeah, yeah, yeah. Paying, paying my mom. <laughs> no, 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 no. Coaching. She coached. She got, got you all gamed up. Oh, uh, oh yeah, 100%. Uh, the things that mom has done in uh, in her baseball career and the, 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 the stories that I've heard and and whether I've been witness to them or not, uh, I think everyone, Teresa and all, can agree that mom is the best baseball player in that guy, Agri Clan. Oh, you just threw shade. Ooh, that's, a, that's a gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we we might have a matchup on our hands. Uh, Taylor's yeah, this time. Wolfie we'll Clan gets on there. Yeah, we'll see what they have to say. Yeah, uh, that's awesome stuff. So, so guys, I I know there were also some other memories that you wanted to talk about. Uh, you know, just from from your childhood at Casefield, and um, one of them was around Amanda's Stanley Cup memory. Um, Amanda, do you want to maybe talk about that? So I don't have a recollection of this actually happening because I wasn't even a year old, but. I remember being at Remo's one of those first years that we were old enough to participate in the evening events and the slideshow being up and looking up and seeing a picture of me as a baby in a Stanley cup and thinking, what, what happened there? But it would have been 89 Dom day. And I guess babe had the cup. I don't know how else I could have gotten inside of it. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. And then as well, you were talking about collecting beer bottles. Um, talk a bit about that. Yeah, it was just another one of those things, right? We looked forward to, which is silly when you think about it, but it was it was one of those traditions that happened. We got together and all the kids would get together and you'd see people that you didn't see for a year and you'd see your family and we'd run around and have so much fun and then as we got a bit older, we all used to go into that backfield and play soccer and we just run around and play the entire weekend. And it was a blast. Oh, that's good stuff. So, so from collecting beer bottles to emptying a few beer bottles, I think <laughs> Kote, you can agree. There's, there's a couple drinkers on this call, aren't, aren't there? Yeah, hundred percent. I guess I actually wish I, 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 you know, when, when Paul came into the, when Shep came into the picture, he, he, he had drank enough that for his whole life, so he stopped. But I wish I could have experienced Shep in his prime because I'm sure a few of those days at the Bombay Beach Rugby Club, he, he pounded back a few. And uh, his uh, his son then comes by it honestly, right? So, and uh, I think um, I, I think Amanda's uh, partner, Brett, there, I think he's probably a pretty good professional as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, we know we know Matt's a, a good drinker. I mean, Matt's, Matt was a, a snapper once. Um, and we know how that one ended. Um, but, we, you know, Paul, Paul's, Paul's been a snapper a few times, actually. A funny story about how he ended up on my team. Uh, the second year I had the snappers, I, I drafted Nick Wolf. And as, as Wolfie does, 
you know, he walks over, saunters over to your table and tells you who you're picking next. And that was, that was Paul <laughs> Shep in the second year. And I can tell you that uh, I think that was the last time Nick played for me and Shep went on to play four or five more times for the snappers after there. So a bit of a franchise defining moment, if you will. But <laughs> a few years later, we bring in, uh, we bring in Matt to pair with, pair with this, uh, this snappers legend. And, uh, you know, we're feeling pretty good. Uh, Dom day 39, we go over, uh, I get told after the draft that, that Matt's playing on, I think, uh, uh, a bum a- bum ankle can barely run can't play in the outfield so of course the uh the uh, bar has already been been set low uh and then we get into the game and of course we're eliminated i think by 9 a.m and our executive producer was all, all also on that team and it was the match of of the offers at the 9 a.m game and i had a few guys who could drink myself dizzy kevin woods matt we all show up at this 9 a.m. Mean, meaningless game and, and Dizzy gives us this rousing speech about, you know, go out there and save the franchise. I think we lost 33 to two that came <laughs> after that speech. Uh, so Dizzy is not getting a coaching spot anytime soon. But I think Shep was the only guy who's ever been invited back from that franchise. Uh, the rest of the guys are still on the shit list. But Shep went on to uh, or Matt went on to pass out at the field and miss the party that year. So uh, tell us a bit about that. I mean, we've all had our stories, but Matt, Talk about talk about the booze, I guess, and how that kind of influences uh, the the spirit of Dom Day, if you will. Well, I think it all starts from my my rookie year of uh, of playing. I, I go as hard as I can, and I got uh, I don't know if you guys remember that year, but I got the really bad shin splints, and I think I can also tie the rookie of the year award. I think it, I think all the praise goes to Fergie because he came out and we knew we made it to the finals and he came over. I don't think he said peep to anybody and he snuck over three Percocets and he said, here you go. He said, the first one's for the beginning of the game. He said, if the second one, he said, if it doesn't kick in by halfway through the game, you take the second one and the third one's just for you for later. And <laughs> And what a guy. I heard this story. I am patience to it all. I took the first one, the first inning. Uh, when I came off the field, it still didn't kick in. So I took the second one. And by the time I made it up for the second inning, I took the third one. And oh, Jesus. I'll what were you, you washing it down with? Beer? It, yeah. Uh, water, Coors Light. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'll tell you now, I didn't feel anything, but I felt great. <laughs> and so... X amount of years later, uh, I I get into the booze, and uh, Jess Napier happens to have just had some sort of uh, uh, medical surgery, and she's got some extra Percocets, <laughs> or no, no, it was it was oxy, oxy her wisdom teeth. She got her wisdom teeth out, and she hands me a couple of these things, and I do the the classic. She goes take a little bit at the beginning. And a little bit later on, and I took them all at once. And that shit put me to bed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. That was, this that was is... the year you could barely barely walk, right? If I remember correctly, the, the year we drafted, you could, you could barely yeah. walk. It yeah. bunged up your ankle or something, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is good program material. I'm going to twist the story a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, that's, I think that's where the Mad Dog uh, nickname ended up coming from was was around that some of the young guys when the mystery, we heard whisper, 
Yeah, we heard whispers of that story that he ended up in jail and they, they named him Mad Dog in prison while he was in there. Um, but, but so, okay, so Amanda, what about yourself? Obviously, sneak and blender drinks early in life. You talked a bit about that, but like what, what's some blender stories you got? Well, Cote started us young. I think I was probably 12 or 13 and he came over here. You'll like this. Have a swig of this. And it was the butterscotch snaps and he was not wrong. It was delicious. Good stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah, I'm Nicole, Kelsey, and I always used to hang around and creep closer and closer to the blender party and try to sneak in. And every now and then T would give us a sip of hers and it would be absolutely awful. <laughs> but as the years went on, then we'd start playing flip cup and then we'd get right into the blender drinks and the rest is blurry. <laughs> And, and, and I guess maybe for Tish and Paul, who, who was, who was the, uh, the more drunk out of the two from Dom Day, who was normally the one where you're like, you know, this, this one's going to bed early. Amanda or Matthew? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you never know. Wasn't even close. Okay, good. Yeah, fair enough. Was Matthew's a sprinter. I'm more long distance. Yeah. Fair enough. Matt always had the 9am head start. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. Early to rise. Yeah. And then, and then Brett as well. I mean, you join this and, and uh, you know, it, apparently you guys win your championship with Nikki Wolf and at the Dom day party, you guys are doing, doing Jager bombs with the German coach. Like, you know, what's, what's that like, obviously getting Nick to do a shot or two. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> that says it all folks. <laughs> was Amanda, would you, would you say that Brett was overserved that night? Uh, possibly they, started shotgunning beers at the field after they won because for some reason Matthew and Nick thought they could out shotgun Brett which there's video proof that it wasn't even close and so then they got to the party and I don't know Nick loves to do his Jaeger bombs so he gets feeling good he's a champ he's his good name is restored and he starts buying shots for everyone That's uh, good stuff. Yeah. I mean, any, any, anytime you win a championship, I think you get carte blanche in order to uh, get overserved, Right. So uh, I do it. I do it when I lose, I haven't won in 10 years and nobody can tell <laughs> that I haven't won. So um, no, that's awesome stuff. So guys, we're just going to get into kind of the, the final stretch here. Um, just, I know you guys wanted to talk about the, the Dom day community um, and just what that means to you, obviously sick kids in, in the greater Galliagra, uh, scheme of things has an important meaning. Uh, maybe Tish start with you. Uh, well, the sick kids thing was, it, it's, it was spectacular. Like it started out just like, like anything in Dom day, just like someone making a suggestion, I think. And then in true Dom day form, they, they're like, well, how can we help? Right. What can we do? So I, I know that Nicole with her cancer scare when she was four years old, I think that might have been where it all stemmed from, maybe that that conversation. And from that seed, the the donations started happening. And with with like like a snap of a finger, people are like, "Okay, I'm bringing some donations." Like Cote, you're always great, you know. Futes is bringing some big ticket items in, and and then there's the I know I always at the at the field itself, like the the Filmans and uh, Franny, like your mom's there, uh, Justin and Teresa and Nick and the girls are all selling the selling the raffle tickets and and then they're working at the raffle table and and all that was inspired by just one little idea and I don't know like what are we at right now with sick kids donations like what's our total? Uh, yeah we are we're at $149,000 I think last time we checked so we are 
We are uh, getting close to 150, uh, which is which is another huge milestone. If you think you know, we were heading into Dom Day 40 with our quest to hit 100,000, and we've you know, in in the three Dom Days, there there were frankly two Dom Days, and then kind of a weird COVID year. Since we've we've somehow raised another 50 grand on top, just just shows you the power of of this group, right? Like crazy, like you would never think that that's where. Like it wasn't like you know, you go to walmart or the grocery store and say you want to make a donation you give a buck or two or five and that's it this this was something that that went on for years and 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 when you think of the actual dawn day it it's three days but before dawn day everyone bringing in all the donations and then after dawn day collating and figuring out the money and everything right so justin and kudos to all those people that that stepped in to do that like my mom was a volunteer at sick kids worked at the 555 shop um so there's a connection there for sure. And then of course, Nicole, I don't know, you know, Amazing Grace, she spent a lot of time in there and there's probably not many people on Dom Day that don't know someone that benefited from sick kids, right? And so when we go, we used to go to help uh, dress up all the Christmas trees there every year. And to walk in that hallway and see Dominion Day Classic on a brick on the wall, like uh, you could never have even imagined that, right? It's it's a pretty awesome, it's pretty awesome. And then that's just you guys, the spirit of giving, right? It just... You guys are just selfless people that just say, what can we do? So it's awesome. That's fantastic stuff. We're going to get into some final words then, guys. Um, Amanda, why don't we start with uh, start with you uh, on some final words on Dom Day? I just am so, I feel so blessed to be a part of this. And I know that it's, I'm here because my family does it, but I talk about this all year long with so much pride and no one that I know is involved in anything like this. And every single person that I explain this to is just in absolute awe and just a little bit jealous of the fun and the community that we've created. And I just think it's so amazing. And I look forward to it every single year. Good stuff. Brett, final thoughts. I 100% agree with Amanda. When I first got brought into it, I thought it was just a slow pitch tournament, but after being there and experiencing it, it was, uh, it was a lot more. So, uh, you guys have put something together that not a lot of people can do. So congrats on doing it for so many years and doing it so well. Awesome stuff. Mad dog. Final thoughts, Mr. Matt Shepard. I, I tie in with Amanda there where it's like no one else that I know has anything that's like this. And you guys have got this thing perfected over the course of going on five decades. And you've got second generations going on third generations tying into this thing. And we all, it, it, it is all of our favorite weekend and like nothing that our friends do nothing that our family does like this this is our favorite weekend and going back on what i was saying about how well spoken you guys are and how hilarious you guys are and we do we the the final parties and the 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 awards that you guys hand out and and how funny you guys are when you talk about it like donnie Cote, the dances that we do with you guys at the, at the, at the final parties, like, you know, how many times I say every single year, probably a thousand times a year when I go to my friends, 
oh, you know, Dom Day, the baseball tournament I plan, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you know, Dom Day, the baseball tournament I plan, blah, blah, blah. I tell, I tell that story more than anything else I talk about in my entire life. And it's all because of you guys. And like, I have goosebumps right now talking about this because of what you guys started. And, and I shit you not, like, I, 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 Donnie, I would pay money to hear what you fucking ate for breakfast. <laughs> we can arrange that. Yeah. <laughs> because that's how, that's how great this whole thing is. And that's how great you guys are with your words. It, it just, it's just, it's just, it's carried on generation to generation. And I'm sure not, I'm sure I'm not the only guy that would say that. Awesome stuff. Tish, final thoughts. Uh, well, I'd certainly echo all that that they've said too, but I would say like right now, think about the last couple of years, especially, right? We live in, in pretty, I'd say divisive times right now. Some, you know, lots of you against us and, you know, agreeing and disagreeing and, and I think what this podcast, the, the whole thing about this podcast, the, it's all about bringing people together. It's all about who doesn't matter who you are. Let's come together and be here as a community. And like, I don't think you guys should ever underestimate the power of what you guys are creating here. Right. It's amazing. And uh, like, I would propose if I could be so bold, I would propose that, you know, at the end of this podcast, anyone that's watched the podcast, this is what I propose. We haven't had a Dom day since 2019, right? I think you guys should all be getting the Eddie Milton award for 2020, 2021. Like that's you guys contribution to Dom day. Like you guys, we should all, everyone that's listening to this email, Justin and say, yeah, I agree with you. Let's give them the Eddie Milton award because they deserve that. And we should still also give away the brick for the worst podcast. Award. <laughs> that one goes to Tink and that one goes to Tink and Fergie. Fergie. Yeah, Tink and Fergie. Yeah. The two guys who don't know how to use technology. Yeah. <laughs> and Shep, final thoughts. Uh, you know, every everyone like Amanda and, and Matt and Tish have talked about, you know, how great you guys are in creating this, this community and, and how you've been able to do it for five decades. But what strikes me more than that, and I'm going to get teary because uh, you know, I got pretty sick for a while and you guys really showed who you were when I was getting cards and letters from guys I hadn't even played with guys. I had barely even spoken to. And it's, it's not the fact that you guys were able to create this baseball tournament. It's the fact that you guys are such amazing individuals that you would help out a guy like me who, who's not part of the group who's just a invited guest that I have no words for that and I'm sorry that I'm getting teary but it uh, <laughs> wouldn't be a podcast without tears right yeah, no. you guys are more than the tournament you guys are incredible people and I gotta thank you for all of that it's funny because Paul was talking about uh, about that whole one-eyed guy thing when we get up there and we sing that song. We've He's told that story and we've told that story. The song will come on somewhere when we're not with you guys, with other people, because we sometimes are with other people. And, <laughs> and that song will come on and we'll go, hey, my one-eyed guy. And they go, what one-eyed guy? And then we tell the story about, yeah, there's this guy. He's got a, a wonky eye. And we sing this and they go, that's so mean. And we go, no, 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 no. He's the first one on the dance floor. He's doing it too, right? So it's, it, it's in front of other people. <laughs> fuck. When that thing comes 
on and it's just me, mom, and dad. We all get up here. <laughs> the whole what you can see behind us here. This is this is going out onto the main street of Ajax, and there are people that walk by here, and they probably see us doing this and bumping into each other. Uh, <laughs> It's a great Dom Day's awesome, and and there, I don't think there's anyone that would say anything different about it. And and you guys contribute a whole lot to it. And uh, like, I think you guys love doing it, but don't underestimate the power of what you guys are doing there. You are cream of the crop. Awesome. Awesome stuff, Babe. Dizzy. Final thoughts? No, we'll move on. Cote. <laughs> <laughs> final thoughts. <laughs> Well, a few things. Obviously, you know, I, I, I'm a first base liner and so are the Gallagher family and they've always been very welcoming and it is great to see all of the sisters and Chuck and uh, every year. Uh, certainly, I've had my health issues and as has Shep and so we always uh, sit down and, and shoot the shit and uh, through those years, unfortunately, we were discussing, uh, we were just hoping we'd see each other the following year and uh, but uh We've had lots of good times together and I consider Paul a, a very, very, very close friend. So, um, and then obviously with Amanda, uh, Matt and Brett, um, you know, they're just salt of the earth, love hanging out with them. And the fact that I periodically do travel to Saskatoon, I did have a chance to catch up once with Amanda, but next time I'm out there when we get rid of COVID, uh, definitely going to catch up for, for the, for the two of you with the two of you for a beer. So I will look forward to that. So, uh, to the, to the shepherd clan, can't say enough great things and i'm thrilled that you guys were able to come on tonight awesome stuff donnie final thoughts yeah i i'm I'm not sure where to go here um the one thing you know when when uh when tish is saying you guys you know and and what i think i think what she's really saying is you guys meaning everybody in dom day like it's really you know it's it's so many people you know, and we're all, we've all been, been uh, brought together over the course of, you know, as Gunny said, five decades now. And it's amazing what we, what we've created. And you guys are a big part of that, uh, just as is everybody else. It's not just, you know, the guys on the podcast or, or whatever. It's, it's everybody. It's just, uh, you know, it did start somewhere, obviously, Uh, you know, it started on a, on a ball field and a, at McDonald's and on a, on a picnic bench in my backyard in, in 78. But here we are in, you know, 2022, like it's crazy, you know, but you know, when you guys talking about the one eyed guy song, like the, the energy and the inertia that is, is going on when that song, it, it's amazing. And, uh, to see these, I don't know how many people are hundred, hundred people or whatever, just jacked up and, and, you know, and I'm sure some of the newbies don't even know what the fuck they're doing, you know, but, but, but it's just, it's amazing. And all that capsulized into everything else that, that we are all about, you know? And, uh, when Shep was talking about his, his, uh, his cancer scare there. And, uh, I remember that party, you know, and, uh, just thinking, you know, I mean, shit, shit happens, right? It's not all good. It's, uh, and, uh, to be able to rally around Shep or, or whoever, you know, and, uh, you know, the stuff, uh, the stuff that I, uh, 
had with the fire and that, you know, and just, you know, all the, all these things. And you can just think of all the way that we've been able to support each other throughout the years. So, and like Brett was saying, like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a baseball tournament, but when I talk to friends and whatever, that that's probably the, the least thing I talk about is the baseball. <laughs> you know, I talk about Remos and I talk about the blender party and I talk about, you know, I remember first starting out the podcast and I was saying, you know, Jesus, you know, it really wasn't all about the booze and everything, you know, I don't know if I could say that again, if we started the first thing again, because we, we have a lot of fun <laughs> and a lot of it involves that, but it's just this energy and this, this, you know, and we don't see each other for so long <clears throat> now going on three years. I can't imagine what it's going to be like when we get together, we get to see you guys and hug you guys and, and, you know, do shots with you guys. And, and, you know, it's, it's, that's what I missed. You know, I don't miss that next, that next party. Donnie's going to yeah. be nasty. <laughs> I, 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 I don't miss the baseball to be honest with you. I love playing and I, I, I'm, pitch, I'm, huh? I, I've seen the pitch. I know you don't miss yeah. it. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't miss it, but I, I'm, I'm always going to play, you know, but I don't miss it. I miss, I miss hanging out with everybody. Yeah. I miss, I miss picking on people and, and I miss being picked on. You know, I mean, it's, it's a great thing. And it's just the, as I say, the big thing, and, and you guys have been such a big part of it. I hope you understand that. And the Gallagher family, you know, and that, that has, has spread to, to, you know, your individual families. And it's just, it's, it's awesome. And when you think back on all those memories, you know, they're just priceless, you, you know, it. and they, we, we paid nothing for them. <laughs> like we, we paid nothing for them. You know, we worked all our lives. We did all this stuff, whatever. But those memories that are priceless, you know, those are the things we hang on to forever. So, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're, uh, we're lucky people, you know, lucky, lucky to be able to know you guys and, and for me to find Chuck somehow and then find the rest of the Gallagher's and for everyone at Dom Day. It's just, you know, I can't wait to get back. There, well, and, so. and you know what? I think, I think, what you guys have done, uh, leaving it to the offspring, like you guys have done such a good job that the offspring, you have made it uh, the offspring's favorite weekend of the year. So that goes to say something. And so now we have this opportunity to mimic what you guys have done or try our best to mimic what you guys have done to even emulate even to a speck of what you guys have done in our lives. So I think, I think I I'm speaking for every offspring in Dom day that we're extremely grateful for what you guys have done. Absolutely. Agreed. Yep. Awesome guys. So just some final thoughts for me, I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of great thoughts thought, uh, you know, in, over this podcast. And one of the things I think for me that I kind of reflect on is, and I'm sure Donnie and, you know, Cote and, and other guys who get the opportunity, whether it's to be on the podcast every week or, or, you know, speak at, at the party. One of the things that I think, you know, this it has always is always a bit of a challenge that I find myself conflicted with is, you know, obviously you, you reflect Dom Day through your eyes, but there's really, you know, a hundred people um, at Dom Day who bring a unique story, a unique view, a unique perspective. And the 365 days that are, you know, outside of Dom Day, 
um, they, they bring that to the field every single year. And, and when you get that opportunity to speak on behalf of people, it's how do you encapsulate that? And I think that sometimes is, you know, for me, uh, the hardest part. And I think one of the coolest things, obviously, through COVID, and it started with that program that we put out last year with everybody's stories, and then through this um, as well, is that despite the fact that, yeah, maybe a few of us just naturally graduate to uh, gravitate towards whether it's hosting a podcast uh, or, or, you know, speaking at the at the microphone that really there is a hundred equal voices that contribute to this this Dom Day tournament in different ways um, the way their lives contribute to where we are today and I think you know if we think about the various things that we talked about today that's that's no more true than you know when we talk to this family um, because there's a lot of interconnection between when life gets in the way and where Dom Day steps in um, than it is with this group on the phone and I think that that for me is the the amazing thing of this. And, you know, people always ask me, you know, how can I, you know, give back to Dom Day? And I think the answer is simple. Just keep coming back because that's what, you know, Dom Day is all about uh, is that group, uh, that intersection of a three, three, four day baseball tournament, and the rest of the year, your life and all that sort of stuff. Um, so guys, that's just my thoughts. Uh, we're going to leave it there. Thank you to the chefs for coming on today. Um, to our listeners, please be sure to like, rate, and subscribe, and we'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.